The views and opinions expressed during this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WHIO and Cox Media Group. This hour is sponsored by There is a Season. America's top talk shows with breaking news, traffic, and weather. WHIO! W-H-I-O. There is a season Welcome to There is a Season, the Bob and Gloria show. This is the show about how we change, how we age, and how we care for one another. I'm Bob Wolf, And I'm Gloria Shanahan. Thank you for joining us. And as always, if you'd like to add your insights to our topic today, we'd love to hear from you. 457-1290 is the number to reach us in the studio. 937-457-1290. Feel free to write to us anytime at Bob and Gloria at There is a Season Show. And did you know you can also catch There is a Season in podcast form worldwide, whio.com. She knows I love to say that. Mm. Plus Apple, Google, Amazon, Spotify, Stitcher, basically anywhere you get your podcasts, you'll find our program. And if you need help finding a past show, just drop us a note to Bob and Gloria at There is a Season Show.com. We'll help you find the show you want. Okay, so I've been thinking about it. And you're the geezer. No, you're the geezer. Why am I always the geezer and you're the whippersnapper? Because you have gray hair. It's not gray. It's a very light shade of blonde or or maybe light brown. Blonde? Not close to blonde. Brown? Well, that ship has sailed too. Maybe silver. I tried to get silver. What do you mean? Last time I did my license, they asked for height and weight, and I said shrinking and too much. (laughs) Then I moved on to eyes and hair, and I said blue. That was for the eyes, not for hair. And for the hair, I said, well, I knew very light shade of blonde or brown probably wasn't going to fly. Probably not. So I went with silver. You know, silver fox, et cetera, et cetera, you know, or maybe salt and pepper, you know, a sign of distinction and wisdom. Well, except there is no pepper. Hey, look, there's some. Look back here. Mm, Not much pepper. I said some. Jeez. (laughs) Anyway, uh, recognizing that there's probably more salt than pepper. Yeah. So what did you do? Well, I couldn't just say salt. I mean, who just says salt? Nobody, unless they've got some pepper to go with it. Right. So I say to the lady at the motor vehicle place, let's go with silver. And? And you know what she says? What? You know what she says? She says, sir, it must be white or gray, but not silver. And this was just after my daughter had put down Sandy for hers. Sandy is a hair color. Silver is not, apparently, at least not in this state. Sandy is a girl's name, or sometimes a guy's name. But what if I'd said purple or teal? But your hair isn't purple or teal. That's beside the point. She got Sandy. I wanted silver. I don't know. It just looks gray to me. I went with white. Thank you very much. And that's why you're the geezer. Okay, Blondie. 
Okay, so that I would say that's a pretty good bit. I've gotten some mileage out of that. Yeah. And it is white, right? <clears throat> Easy. Say salt and pepper. Say anything. You were right about the blondie part. That's all I'm going to say. The blondie <laughs> You mean with me? No, I, no, no, no. My no, hair no, used no. to be blonder than yours a long, no, Your hair long has time never ago. been blonde in, in dis- all the in decades I've known you. distant galaxy. It used Very to be Very distant galaxy, like in a former life. <laughs> well, it was funny. It wasn't that funny. I'm not saying it was a knee slapper, but it was pretty humorous. Actually, you're right. I think it was, is, and I wish I'd been there. I could have offered my opinion. Not needed, thank you. Always available, though. Yes, of course it is. (laughs) Now then, maybe you thought that story was funny. Maybe not. Maybe it was only slightly smirk-inducing. Maybe you spilled (laughs) your coffee over it. I don't Uh... mind being the butt of jokes, of course. (laughs) But as has always been the case, each person's funny bone has its own particular sensitivity. And like when you bang your funny bone, sometimes it hurts and makes you laugh at the same time. It's like no other feeling really. And you don't always know how to react. But in a way, it's a really good metaphor for where we are in this woke age with regard to the question, what's funny? Hard to say anymore. It's hard it to is. say. But you're right about the funny bone thing. Yeah, because sometimes hurts, you want to cry and other times you're like, oh, I can't believe I did that. You know? Right. I can't wait for it to end. Uh, Throughout history and literature, the telling of stories and jokes has pervaded cultures of all kinds, with some some humor passed along as simple, funny observances of everyday things. Other humor has been about politics or the wider culture, or maybe the, the interplay between men and women or other relationships or generations or maybe some situations. Right, and some humor was cute. Some of it was rather dark. Some of it could get you into real trouble, executed even. <laughs> really? <laughs> some, of it, some of it was widely appreciated. And some of it was particular to like a smaller group of people and their shared knowledge and experiences. Which you could see so, in a job. You could see in the military. You could see in, I, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, having been, been a cancer survivor, I get people joking all the time about, you know, when I was bald or, hey, you look great. You've lost so much weight. Right. Like now, is that funny? <laughs> it was a hard, hard thing to get there. Right? Yeah, I wouldn't you recommend you it. You weren't. Ex- yeah, that was. But you a, gotta laugh. One of the diets that you know Nutrisystems comes up with after the new year. It's <laughs> right. Yeah. So people make some dark jokes within their circles or within an area about old people because they've got yeah. relationships with people that right. allow for that. Right. Right. In our, in our culture. If you go back over the decades, all kinds of famous names will spring to mind when you talk about what's funny or talk about humor. You got people like Don Rickles, uh, uh, Rodney Dangerfield, Johnny Carson, right? Bob Hope, Bob Newhart. Yeah, and I really loved Lucille Ball. You know, I love Lucy, love that. And Carol Burnett and Robin Williams. And maybe some of the early Saturday Night Live people, when I say early, who went on to do the movies like Chevy Chase. In the, you know, the it, National Lampoon vacation right. In movies, those series, right? he was really, really funny in that right, stuff. Right, right. There are a lot, a lot of people we could cite, and perhaps you have your favorites too. Now, some of these appeared in variety shows like Carol Burnett. Mm-hmm. Others made their names in movies or on television sitcoms. But nearly all of them at one time or another cut their teeth on doing stand-up. Whether it was famous clubs in New York or Los Angeles or Chicago or other hot spots, or doing the college circuit. This is where many comedians polished their craft. 
and as culture liberalized more and more in the late 60s and into the 70s, some of the very successful stand-up comedians of the time started bringing their craft to larger and larger audiences, either in big public venues like arenas or maybe on radio or on, on TV, with people like George Carlin pushing and exceeding the limits of what was considered good taste. Yes, and eventually, you know, Carlin was arrested after a public appearance in Milwaukee for his famous seven filthy words. Now, we shall not utter or even hint at them here. If you want to know them, you're going to have to look them up. But later, <laughs> but later complaints to the FCC regarding a broadcast of similar content led to a case before the Supreme Court, which eventually ruled that Carlin's content was indecent, but not obscene, and that the FCC had authority to prohibit such broadcasts when children were likely to be among the audience. Yeah, and you know, if, <laughs> if we were to even possibly hint or try to run through the names, poor Joe over there would be sitting on the, on the whatever, the cutout button. The uh, Yeah, he'd have to... He'd have to... We'd have dead air for like yeah, 15 seconds air. or something yeah, like that. People right. would say, what happened to the signal, right? Right. Many of those standards and practices that came about through the FCC rulings back then are still in, in, in practice today, meaning that certain kinds of content uh, is restricted to private for-pay venues, which usually means the tacit acceptance on the part of a ticket holder to whatever that artist's content is. You know, whatever they happen to talk about, you're kind of like that's what you're signing up for when you when you give your money. And of course, if you get in there and it surprises you or a joke doesn't hit you right, you just walk out. Right. Right. And today, if you don't like what you hear on, you know, like maybe Netflix or Prime Video or even one of the major networks, um, any streaming service, you know, you just turn it off. At least that's my what most of us have done, we've chosen not to watch that. Right. We just say, I'm not going to have that, which right. gets us back to the question of what's funny. For some, any salty language is out of bounds. But there are a lot of people who will confirm that hearing the occasional cuss word in a routine or a movie adds a certain extra zing to a line or to an idea or situation. A little goes a long way, as we've sometimes seen yeah. in, in comedy. For a lot of comedians, nothing profane ever needed to be uttered. As humor was portrayed in other ways, physical comedy, you think about people like Jerry Lewis or Robin Williams or even later uh, Jim Carrey, mm -hmm. or what I call situational comedy. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld kind of made his mark that way. Uh, Rodney Dangerfield, Henny Youngman, if you want to go back. Pee Wee Herman, Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean. Like was, just their, their presence. Right. <laughs> um, Mr. Bean, the, the British humor with, and so with the forth. Eyebrows. Jim yeah. Gaffigan is, is somebody who's come along later. They don't yeah. have to swear. Uh, they can get jokes in other ways through situational humor. Right. And we've had lots of other types of humor over the years, too, with people like Irma Bombeck, uh, D.L. Lawrence, um, Dave Barry, using the pen to paper. Right. You know, pen to paper to make us laugh. Yeah. Right. But whether it was written or something on TV or video or seeing someone in a live, you know, theater club, you determined what was acceptable and you voted with your feet or you turned the channel or you turned the page in the paper and skipped that so-called humorist. If you didn't like it, you left figuratively or literally and maybe told others why later. But now, and for a while, it seems as if many in our country and around the world have become increasingly sensitive and often without warning, leading not only to the whole Will Smith, Chris Rock fiasco, but things like what Dave Chappelle just went through when he was attacked on stage. 
Plus, in other locales and countries, you can have criminal prosecution for hate speech as a comedian because of some joke that offended some person. Yeah, it's had a real chilling effect on some comedians while others have pushed back. But what do you think? We'd like to know. What or who do you think is funny and how you feel about the stuff that isn't funny to you? What do you think about all that? 457-1290 to talk with us today. Yes, 457-1290. Have we lost our sense of humor? Are certain things off limits? What's funny and what's not? 937-457-1290. We'd like to know what you think. And we'll talk more about this when we continue. You are listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to There is a Season. I'm Bob. And we're talking today about the state of humor. What's funny and what's not. And I'm Gloria, by the way. <laughs> I figure they are. know that by now. Well, yeah, you're blondie. But anyway, 457-1290 is the number to join the conversation today. Just don't be offensive like Bob is over here. Occasionally, I've been known to push buttons and, and mm. be a little bit offensive. And that's... But of course, taking it seriously. Well, that's not funny. But seriously, <laughs> folks, we are in a different age, it seems, where free speech, especially even in the construct of a comedy performance or a work, is now subject to a longer and longer list of people who are potentially offended and aggrieved who want to cancel a person because of this or that joke or comment. And it's, it's actually been going on for quite a while. And we're going to get to that probably in, in the next segment here when we share a little bit of an article with you. But it is a, an interesting thing that um, a lot of people want to talk about free speech, free speech, free speech. And then comedians who are, who basically make their coin off pushing limits, right? I mean, they're supposed to be funny. Yes, and, and they're supposed to provoke things. So whether right. it's Jackie Mason who did it for years or Ricky Gervais, um, who is an hysterically funny man, uh, an incre incredibly fast wit, but he guess what? He also tends to get a little salty crap. once in a while. Yeah. Now, if that's not your thing, you can, you can back away from that. Um, but this idea that you walk in waiting to be offended or or are um, insulted because you've got X, so many boxes checked on your mm -hmm. side that you could potentially be offended. Well, no comedian could possibly know everybody in the audience and what they're sensitive There about. would be no comedians. Right. Because... It'd be it, very bland. Funny is different for everyone, right? Yeah. So you kind of yeah. got to take the whole, if you're going to a comedy club, you take it all in It's because it is funny. And some of it, you know, is, is duly sanitized. A lot of people don't want to see stuff on it early hours at 7, 8, 9 o'clock on television. They don't want to see that with younger kids around or something. So we do clean it up in certain venues. But I guess what we're wondering today is, is there stuff that's off limits for you? And also, who do you think is funny? What is funny for you? 457-1290. As we examine this whole topic of where we are right now in, in the world of humor, is everything subject to a grievance or are there some things we should just let ride? 
937-457-1290 when we continue after the news. You're listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to There is a Season, the show about how we change, how we age, and how we care for one another. I'm Bob Wolf, And I'm Gloria Shanahan. So, now it's your turn to weigh in. Do the terms geezer and whippersnapper really offend you? And if they do, what's taking you so long? Because we've been saying that for the past decade, right? Geezer and whippersnapper. It's a tongue-in-cheek, lighthearted way of talking about how you're the geezer and I'm the sassy whippersnapper, <clears throat> right? Mm, right. Totally the other way around, <clears throat> okay. but I'll go with it. Does joking about gray or <clears throat> silver hair get under your skin? What is funny anymore? Who is funny? Are certain things off limits? Or should we let comedians say what they want and continue to push the envelope? Call us up on the phone, 457-1290. Call us up and... Tell us what's funny, what's not. If you find something is not in good taste, do you walk out? Do you change the channel? Do you get up and protest or write a letter? Give us a call, 457-1290. Man, Bob, your hair is funny. What now? It looks like you slept on it, Cricket. Oh, come on now. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) 457-1290 is the number to call to share what you think is funny and to defend me against the insensitive ageist, harassed remarks of my co-host. Mm-hmm. I'm on my own in here. I might have to ask Joe to come in. Joe's got beautiful hair, though. He does. Look at that hair. He has That's... no gray, silver, no. salt, He pepper. looks like a rock star he from does. the big hair era. And, he he and does. The, the girls go crazy. So yeah. anyway. Yeah. But not the He's case. He's a whippersnapper. Well, yes, he probably is. you're closer to my age than his age so what does that make you never mind not that close we're talking about what is funny and what's not and what's happened here in the in the world of comedy and humor maybe you have your favorites from uh, from the old days certainly plenty of people uh who really you know made us laugh and chuckle over the years so many different names that could come up here you like carol burnett a lot i like Mm -hmm. carol and lucy flip wilson was somebody back then red fox um archie bunker is somebody we talked a lot about right all in the family with edith and yeah and perhaps he was in some ways for the time uh kind of the quintessential uh representative of what we're going through right now that was a number one rated show on cbs back Mm -hmm. then and it was spicy enough that I remember even as kids, we weren't allowed to watch it until a little bit later on. And what did he do on that show? He uh, he was a bigot. He insulted his wife, called her a dingbat, right? They portrayed her as truly being a dingbat, but with a very sensitive underside. Yeah. Uh, there was the whole racial thing going on with um, Jefferson next door, and which he, then spun off the Jeffersons later yeah. on. And so- all- He was always almost insulting. <clears throat> Yeah. rude. Yeah, he had, and, and he was portrayed that way. Of course, it, it sort of typecast him for the rest of his career. He didn't have as much success later on. But it was funny. A lot of people laughed. Now, that kind of show today, just dead on arrival. If somebody came in with an idea about Archie Bunker as a regular sitcom on TV, I don't think it would fly. Um, but back then, it did work. 
uh, we saw a lot of humor in those things mm-hmm. and drag them into the into the light to make fun of them. He would tease his meathead uh, son-in-law Knucklehead, there. meathead. Right, yeah. right. right. Uh, for being an intellectual and a liberal and all this kind of stuff. Anyway. <clears throat> and it made us laugh. It did make us laugh. That, I, I that remember was the key. That And maybe show. it didn't make some people laugh. Maybe some people turned just like, you know, some of our 17 listeners probably left during the hair joke in the beginning of this show, you know? Anyway, things have changed. Well, because we, they're fans of you or because they don't like silver gray, they salt, thought, pepper jokes? Well, it's hard to say. Maybe they thought I was a victim. I am a victim. <laughs> Every week I'm in here with her, I'm a victim. That goes both ways. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. So we're talking here about humor and, uh, and how this sensitivity, this ultra sensitivity seems to have really been on the uptick. Um, recently, but it actually goes back a few more years than that. It does. As we found in our research. Yes, we have an article here called Comedy in the Age of Outrage, When Jokes Go Too Far. And this was written by Nicholas Barber from the BBC. And believe it or not, it was dated way back in August 2015. So this Eons is not, ago. Well, but yeah. it sounds like it could have been written this past week. Yeah, and it starts with, Audiences today can be so sensitive to edgy jokes, they publicly shame the comedians who make them. Have we lost our sense of humor, he asks. Now, I'm going to give a little warning. This article may offend some readers. He says, to be honest, it probably won't, but it does include several remarks made by comedians, and there is a growing feeling that comedians can no longer say anything without offending somebody. All it takes is one joke to be taken out of context and quoted on Twitter or Facebook, and a comic can expect a storm of invective from people who are either outraged or at least pretending to be. Now, here's a name that was recently in the news because he hosted the White House Correspondents' Dinner, but this is uh, an article that mentions him from seven years ago. Trevor Noah is one of these comics. In March, he was appointed as a new host of The Daily Show, and the following day, he was pilloried on social media because six out of six oh out of nine thousand tweets he had posted were deemed sexist or anti-Semitic. Other comedians saw this response as part of a worryingly hysterical trend. Patent Oswald argued that the kind of instantaneous liberal outrage heaped on Noah is going to hurt the progressive movement in this country more than anything. Jim Norton who wrote a feature for Time stating that Americans were addicted to the buzz of being offended. Western culture as a whole, he continued, has become an increasingly reactionary mob of self-centered narcissists who all have their own personal lines drawn in the sand. A comedian is fine unless he crosses their particular line, which is what we were saying before, which, of course, in the mind of a self-centered narcissist, is the only line that matters. What appears to be happening is that audiences are more sensitive than ever to perceived insults and that they now have the technology to share that sensitivity with the world. In May of 2015, Louis C.K. talked about pedophilia in an opening monologue on Saturday Night Live, and he didn't have to wait long for the inevitable Twitter backlash. Jerry Seinfeld and Chris Rock, meanwhile... And now remember, this goes back to 2015, have said that college audiences have become too quick to condemn a joke as racist or sexist. Rock has gone further, telling New York Magazine that he has started to censor himself at gigs in case someone is recording him on their phone. 
Once upon a time, comedians could try out an edgy joke in front of a small crowd, and if it was greeted by gasps instead of laughs, they would know not to tell it again. Now, though, the edgy joke can be broadcast to an almost limitless, limitless, limited, limitless, yes, number of people. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> of people via social media. So comedians are forced to be more careful. If you think you don't have room to make mistakes, said Rock, it's going to lead to safer, gooier stand-up. Yeah, and it's, it's a shame, and of really. course, none of these topics are things we're even, we're not talking about the t- topics just mentioned there, whether it was anti-Semitism or sexism or, or pedophilia or any of that kind of stuff. That's really right. not our point. Our point is the reaction to those things, how right. people are reacting. There are a lot of people who might say, that kind of humor has no place anymore. And that's fine for you to say that. But the question is, does that comedian lose the right to do comedy? And in the corrective piece of this, if you want that comedian to not make that joke anymore, do you simply not buy that comedian's tickets anymore or turn that person off and ignore them as opposed to bringing formal charges against them or going up and tackling them on stage or you know burning something down that's the question we're really wrestling with here how far does free speech go because for some people humor can be found in anything even the darkest humor and a lot of times what you'll see a comedian do sometimes is say well your line is here i'm going to step over your line and really get up in your face for just a second and then i'm going to back away and say i'm just kidding okay because that's Comedy. That's part of the comedy. Part it's of part the of act. the provocation to say, right. we both know that this joke is over the line. Matter of fact, we went to something uh, as couples. We, we saw something at a um, years ago at, at some comedy, comedy club. Mm-hmm. And the guy was very, very funny. Now, he, he tended to swear like a sailor, you know, which is something we just kind of got bored with. It's not like we've never heard a dirty word, but the guy just kept going back to the well so many times, like a lot of stand-up comedians do. And, and that's usually a sign that their material is a little thin or they're self-conscious of it. They're not sure how the crowd's picking it up. So they keep right. you know, lacing it with swear words. And it just so happens that the guy was making fun of older people, some senior citizens. And his whole thesis was, you know, do we always revere these people? Do we do we treat them nicely and all this kind of stuff when some of them can be, you know, cussed and, and nasty and so forth? And he was making a joke out of it. Now, if you had no sense of humor at all, you might say he should never even be talking about any of that kind of stuff, right? But people were laughing because they could see both sides of it. They could say there's a grain of truth to what he's saying. Some senior citizens can be nasty, just like all of us can be nasty sometimes, or, right? Or just have things that, that are just kind of funny, you know? I mean... Right. what There was a scene in the in the series Afterlife. Yes. We mentioned Ricky Gervais before, and in, in that scene, I'm not going to tell you the whole uh, show, but he, he plays a reporter in a small uh, newspaper in England, and he goes out, and he covers a lot of these slice-of-life uh, simple uh, really stories. Really crazy. They're not even and, simple. And They're one, crazy stories. One story is he goes to interview a lady who's turned 100. Right. And... Typically, people might expect, oh, well, that's wonderful. What was your secret for getting there? What's your advice? Yeah, she was living in a continuing care facility with a bunch of people around her of her own age. And what does she say, Bob? Her reaction was something like, you know, uh, three weeks, you know, I'm stopped up like a whatever. And for two weeks, I can't turn it off. You know, she made some joke about certain biological functions and was basically saying this is for the birds, you know, but, but it was funny. It was funny in seeing her 
cut through. She made it funny, like all of the Norman yeah. Rockwell, right. you know, niceness that he maybe was going to try to do or spin for, for, the, the, for the audience to right. say, "Hey, getting old has its challenges," and that's putting it nicely. And you know, get out of my face with this stuff. Anyway, right. we're talking about what's funny today. If you still want to get in and make a comment, there's a little bit of time left here. Nine three seven four five seven twelve ninety. We've got a little bit more for you right after this. Four five seven twelve ninety. When we continue, you're listening to There Is a Season on AM twelve ninety and News. 95.7 WHIO Dayton's News and Talk It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station 1290 and 95.7 WHIO Dayton's News and Talk Gloria, that's not funny It's it's just not not funny funny. It's not funny You're saying I'm not funny I I don't think you're funny Okay, we're, we're going to have to discuss this offended? after the show. Woo! Okay. Oh, that's um, the co- pot calling the kettle black. It's <laughs> uh. a good thing. We're such good friends. Okay, <laughs> so um, uh, we got previews coming up here. Come, some stuff coming your way on There is a Season. What's one of the first shows? One of the first shows that we're going to do is, are you prepared if there's a national emergency? Whether that be, you know, the power grid going, another terrorist attack, hate to sound negative, But we're going to go through all the things that you need to have ready. And I don't just mean like food. We're going to talk about a national emergency fund that you should have in addition to always having an emergency savings fund. It's going to be a really good show. We're going to be talking uh, about the nursing shortage. We've touched on that before uh, during COVID. And we're going to come back to it with new information about what's going on and some of the curious decisions that are being made by some of our larger healthcare providers uh, in the region that have us utterly perplexed. perplexed. Yeah. And also uh, a show that we've uh, wanted to do here for some time. Uh, it's kind of a delicate topic, but it's there's a way to do this. And I think we're going to have that conversation because we're the only people on the air who talk about this stuff. And it's uh, it's called briefly Ars Moriendi, which is the lost art of dying. And there's a lot of titles that are similar to that. The sacred art of dying, the Christian art of dying. Are we doing dying the right way? In this country, we prolong life. We, we have a pill for everything. And we consider that life you know, should be kept going at all costs. At all costs. And we're not talking so much about euthanasia no. or any of that kind of no. stuff. We're just talking about is there a different perspective, less based in fear and more based in faith, about the art and grace of dying. And that's going to be one of the things we talk about coming up. Uh, just to put a finishing note here on some of the stuff about comedy, if you look back at some of the comedy stuff, there's a, a list out here uh, from Comedy Central about the top comedians of all time. We mentioned George Carlin, but Woody Allen, Chris Rock, Steve Martin, Rodney Dangerfield, uh, a lot of the, Bill Cosby, Roseanne Barr, Eddie Murphy. A lot of these people might have baggage attached to them in some other way, but at the height of their humor, they were quite popular. But as we got to talking about that, you were telling me that some upcoming acts that you had seen in something were folks you had never heard of. Oh, same thing with me. Yeah, I was looking at all the the venues for summer and all who they're bringing in. I'm like going, okay, like out of 30, I know like five of these acts, performers, whatever. I'm so out of touch, apparently. That that applies to music, but it also applies in some ways to comedy. Because I looked at a later list than this. And came on with one more recent. I'm going, I don't even know who that is. I don't know who that is either. I don't know who that is yeah. either. So funny uh, and humor funny. changes from it age does. to age. Yeah. We have our affinities of our the people that we like that are long lost, you know, gone. Yes, Robin Williams, do. I still just. Mm. One of the best. Yep. If you got some thoughts about this after the show, write to us, if you would. Bob and Gloria at thereisaseasonshow.com. We'd love to hear your comments. To everything, there is a season.